Coming to you from the brilliant minds of Hipster at Home, you're listening to We Should Start a Band, a podcast about the trials and tribulations of being suitably hipster. Welcome back to We Should Start a Band, a podcast where we are not experts, we're just highly opinionated. I'm Cold Brew Kombucha, and today I'm joined by Heritage Avocado Toast and Retro Denim Jacket. Today we're going to be sipping at the topic of flavored beers and wines. But before we crack open that conversation, are there any follow-ups or anecdotes anyone wants to share? Oh, shoot. I still owe you guys a hipster article. I swear to goodness, I'll get on that <laughs> next time. Very nice. That's right. I was going through our follow-ups list, and I was like, we still said we were going to make breakfast pizza as well. Oh, I'd forgotten about that one. Whoops. Yeah, we're really- is it like a real Is it a real pizza dough base, or is it like a tortilla I base, assumed. like a cheap one? I assumed it was like pizza dough base. Because you could do like huevos rancheros, right? That's basically a pizza in a- you know, in a loose term. Very loose. Very loose. Toppings on a circular bit of flour. <laughs> it's like the way Pizza Hut does pizza, the thin crust pizza, which is just basically like ketchup on a cracker. Yeah. Not that I have an opinion on that or anything. <laughs> mm. Mayonnaise on Melba Toast goes very well. Oh my God. <laughs> Stop trying to sell mayonnaise on Melba Toast. <laughs> Listeners, do not try mayonnaise on Melba Toast. It's a thing. Stop trying it's to make it thing. happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> when you need a crunchy snack later in the evening, sometimes you get desperate. <laughs> so the backstory on this is Heritage Avocado Toast, when very desperate late at night, just decided that this would be a thing he would try. And then he proceeded to try to convince every single person we knew that it was something they should try because apparently misery loves company. Well, I feel like that's very much on the same page of when you smell a bad smell and shove it in your friend's face saying you need to smell this, even though you just made a horrifying face. Oh, I totally made somebody at work do that today. <laughs> you work with chemicals, dangerous chemicals. <laughs> well, it wasn't a dangerous chemical. It's just, you know, when you are sitting next Next to something so long that you can't tell if you're missing something in the odor. Mm -hmm. And it was plastic. So I made one of my colleagues come over because he hadn't been sitting next to it. And I was like, can you smell this? <laughs> he was really confused as to what I was asking. <laughs> Your colleagues must love you. <laughs> yeah. Look, all I'm saying is if you don't push the boat out, you're never going to reach a new shore. <laughs> I am not so sure. This is, I mean, mayonnaise on Melba Toast isn't reaching a new shore. It's like the middle of the perfect storm. Okay. You know, when they're basically all going to die. So my question <laughs> is what kind of mayo? Because I don't know if our listeners are up on the mayo train, but... <laughs> You've got the regular mayo, you've got Japanese mayo, you've got light mayo, you've got gourmet mayo that comes with like avocado oil in it. So what kind of mayo are we talking about? I assume our listeners, being appropriate hipsters that they are, are going to have a good amount of mayo, at least Japanese mayo. It's like that mayonnaise flavored uh, beer I had the other day. Ew. Don't even give that. Don't uh -oh. put that. Nope. Do not release that into the ether because somebody will run with that idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure my phone's about to send me some ads for it. Oh, no. That's horrifying. I don't remember what type of mayonnaise. Well, uh, I think it was Japanese mayonnaise you were putting on Melba Toast. I feel like it must have been. 
To be fair, though, I mean, if you are going to put a mayo on something as plain as a Melba toast, it needs to have a little more taste and body to it than just your average everyday mayo. So according to homebrewtalk.com, research department is already on the case. There is a thread here for recipes and ingredients called mayonnaise beer. Oh, no. Here is the thread. Unpronounceable name. I think it, it messed up. Or they're Finnish. Hey, cheese, are you really making a mayonnaise beer? If so, what's the recipe like and what do you expect from the mayo? Reply from cheese food. No, no, I just put this here a few days ago to see how long it would take you guys to realize it's there. I hate mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. However, the Brooklyn Brew Shop has a recipe for hop mayonnaise. Okay. That makes more sense. Like just mayo with hops in it? That that checks. Yeah. So it is it is mayo with a citrusy IPA added. Okay. Oh, why an IPA? Oh, Jesus. I mean, but if you're going to put anything in a mayo, it's not like you're putting a porter in there. It'd be a little bit too heavy. Yeah, I think an IPA checks. No. You just want the malty, the hoppy. You don't want the citrus. But it makes more sense to make mayonnaise taste like a beer than a beer taste like mayonnaise. Now, I am not a big beer fan. But I kind of want to try this recipe. So I'm putting this one on the follow-ups. I'm going to try this recipe and I will report back. Beer mayonnaise? Beer mayonnaise. Can we get some pastrami? Yeah, I think it would be really good on like a proper deli sandwich. Too bad you can't get proper deli Yeah, here. I might need to make that just in order to give some to my dad. Yeah. I know Father's Day just passed, but <laughs> maybe I'm going to have to do something. Uh... <laughs> may, may it rest in peace? <laughs> <laughs> Why? We are gathered here today to finally remember Father's Day, the holiday that's just passed. <laughs> remember the day after. That's a, yeah. Oh, my god. We have round two of the socks, ties, and cufflinks that didn't get used for Christmas. <laughs> Dig deep into that stash you have of gifts that you pull because your father's hard to buy for, so you just have a stash in the back of your closet. <laughs> hey, I got my father a very lovely WhatsApp message. Oh, that's really sweet. I know. I don't even think I capitalized it. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dad, but you're not worth capitalization or punctuation. <laughs> I am banking on the fact that that was probably a step up from the boys. <laughs> oh, what's Father's Day? <laughs> One of them is a father. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, let's be honest, at the end of the day, my dad now has a grandbaby portable vinyl turntable, and he'd much rather hear from him than he would from me. Your old news. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my dad would prefer to spend his time with the with the grandkids than with his actual kids. Yeah. We've been replaced. Which, you know, is not the end of the world because I get it. Portable vinyl turntable is freaking adorable and listening to him say, hiya is so much cuter than me saying happy father's day (laughs) (laughs) well look you and your sisters you know you were seasons one two and three now you've got the reboot and the reboot is occasionally better than the original (laughs) yeah blasphemy that's never happened it has to have happened at least once my Mm. nephew is like a dead-on remake (laughs) it's it's pretty incredible I can't think of a single reboot I prefer over the original. I'll keep thinking, though. Yeah, I'm going to have to think about that one. There has to be one that exists somewhere. Yeah. But uh, we should probably crack into our actual topic. Yeah, crack open it. Well, I mean, we did start into it. So basically, how... Really? I'm trying. You don't have to use them, right? They're just there in case they work. Wow. So basically... Apparently, Heritage Avocado Toast just could provide the sound effects all night. <laughs> the best part is you can't see me, so you don't know when it's coming. <laughs> it's so true, though. 
All I can provide is a, a metal straw in a mason jar. I've got Yeti opening and closing. Because <laughs> I'm extra basic like that. What are you drinking out of your Yeti? Water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have one mason jar of water mm-hmm. and one mason jar of coffee mixed with coffee Patron. Mm, that sounds delicious. Coffee Patron is actually quite good. It is very good. The first time I had it was at a bar where they it had just come out and this bar was trying to sell it really hard and no one was buying it. So the bartender was giving us free shots of Coffee Patron. Oh my God, I would be there in a heartbeat. It was How could so nice. Yeah, we closed down the bar just sitting there doing shots of Patron Cafe with the bartender. <laughs> oh, one of my friends Hindus, a couple of us were doing Patron Cafe shots. Mm-hmm. Except that they weren't just giving it away. Ugh. We were paying a small fortune for it because it's London. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this was in New York, and I was shook that no one had jumped on that. But it was too exciting, and the world just hadn't given in to the deliciousness of it yet. I think a lot of people are also put off by this idea of coffee-flavored tequila, I, which I just don't get. I don't know why, though. No. Because it's kind of a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Because if a tequila is done right, and especially if it's an aged tequila, it's got the caramel notes in it anyways. Yep. So if you're putting that together with coffee, you're basically making yourself a little, like, caramel dark coffee. Like a caramel nitro brew, let's go with. It's probably (laughs) the closest I can think of. (laughs) And speaking of caramel nitro brews, I'm trying to think of... Oh, no, there is a salty caramel. What is that one? Can I just say, there are many things I miss about London, but waking up to that outside my door is not one of them. (laughs) I think I only did it when you were actually asleep like once. I tried anyways not to actually do it when you were asleep asleep. (laughs) To be fair, though, it pretty much takes a hurricane to wake me up, so I probably would have slept through it anyways. Considering my cat, well, you have to record scratch this, but considering my cat slaps me awake... And that still doesn't work sometimes. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a heavy sleeper, to put it lightly. Ginger Hipster Cat has decided that he needs to get on the bed now by jumping on my pillow next to my face. <laughs> so that he can then head back down to the bottom of the bed where he sleeps. Yeah. Well, he has to make sure you've recognized his presence and told him how amazing he is. Yeah. Yep. So, there are... Quite a few salted caramel beers. Yes. Now, one in particular, sorry, conversation whiplash here. So cracking into our our actual topic, salted caramel beers. So Isn't it cracking open? Crack, cracking open, cracking into, whatever you want to do, man. Yeah. You do you. Don't tell me how to open and not open my alcohol. If I want to saber that, let me saber it. If I want to open it gently and politely, that's okay, too. Okay, quick, quick poll. I'm going to put this up on uh, Instagram as well. Do you tap the top of the can before you pull the tab? Of course not. No. I do. What are you? You don't drink beer, do you? <laughs> I do it with anything that I'm going to like open. I don't know why. I just do. I If I don't do it, then like the process is ruined. It's a myth perpetuated by big aluminum. It doesn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it does. It does. It does absolutely bleep all, but it's I have to I have to do it. Yeah. 
I would think that it stirs up the carbonation, though. I think it's got a higher risk of doing that. Well, I'm not like shaking it up. I'm not. I'm not Formula Oneing this. What are you talking about? Hey, if but you wanna... if you don't touch it at all, I don't just. I don't Nothing's just walk happen. into walk into a room like marocking the the hell out of my cans. <laughs> no, you don't do that with your cans. <laughs> 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 Sorry, you are so inappropriate. <laughs> cha cha cha. Oh, what? Cha cha cha. Cha cha cha. <laughs> but once I've opened my cans. There is actually that's really not better a caramel esque beer that I do like because for the listeners I am not a beer drinker I am the only one of the hipster crew that is not a beer drinker but there are a couple that I will drink and they pretty much can't taste like beer for me to drink them so this topic is right up my alley you're really a lesser hipster you know what I don't drink beer because it's too mainstream yeah I was waiting for that to come in as the <laughs> argument for this. If you're drinking beer at a brewery, really, you're just going with the crowd. Yeah, you should be on the seltzer. Just following like a sheep. <laughs> and I was going to bar there, but quite frankly, our listeners don't need that. <laughs> I was about to and then thought it, like, rethought that as well. We have 20 different varieties on tap today. Uh, no, I'll have uh, sparkling water with a, a lime wedge, please. I went into a bar once and they had Prosecco on tap. Yeah. It was a good night. <laughs> there was a bar down on South Bank that used to have espresso martinis on tap. Whoa. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they still do, but... Can we get into espresso and chocolate martinis later? Yes, yes. we can. So anyway, circling back, the Millionaire's Shortbread by Wild Beer, mm -hmm. which is so basically, what's that, salted caramel, cake flavor, and chocolate. I will drink. I will drink that. Well, speaking of, and I do really love beer, but occasionally flavors do ruin beer. And there are two instances that have put me off of these particular specialty brews right away. And one is Delirium Tremens, which is a fantastic beer. I have yet to find anyone who dislikes it, though uh, you have not tried it yet, cold brew kombucha, but we'll fix that soon. <laughs> and they made a cherry one for Valentine's Day, I think, and it tastes exactly like cough syrup. It is wretched. That sounds divine. It's, oh. Yeah, he likes the flavor of cough syrup. But it's like, I like the flavor of red. I mean, I do too, but this wasn't, it was like uh, drinking from a, a jar of maraschino cherries. Oh. Okay, I love drinking from a jar of maraschino cherries. It, it just was not an enjoyable experience for me. Why is it? I mean, I get that there's usually like alcohol elements to the cough syrup that knocks you out. But somehow, a lot of like the sort of sweet cherry base always seems to, to have that like hint of cough syrup. Well, that's a decent um, album name. Sweet Cherry Base. Sweet Cherry Base. <laughs> B-A-S-S. -S. Oh, this sounds like we're moving into... Uh, into country music now. Oh, yeah. Or, okay, maybe not country. Folk. Folk. <laughs> Some bluegrass. <laughs> this up. Yeah. I got a banjo. <laughs> no, not that kind of banjo. Like a Mumford banjo. <laughs> it's like the uh, Steve Martin skit. Nobody can be sad while playing the banjo. <laughs> it's pretty hard. I mean, it's not a classic dirge instrument. No, it's really not. That is a good skit. Look that skit up. It's an SNL skit. At least I think it's an SNL. It might not be. But Steve Martin, the whole nobody can be sad playing the banjo thing. 
one of our previous episodes, we had mentioned the pancakes and maple syrup beer. I would ding, but I'm not sure which episode that's from. I'm not sure either. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> was it in brunch? It might have been brunch. I had high hopes for that one, and I was, I was sorely disappointed. Yeah. Wasn't very good. Well, and there's just sometimes the original is just better. And um, I discovered that of like kind of a brunchy one. Three Philosophers by Oma Gang, which is one of my What's favorite beers. <laughs> Three Philosophers Walk, into, walk a into a Beer. Yeah, it has like notes of cherry and it's strong enough to knock you on your butt if you have two, because anything around 10% is a good deal in my book. Is it supposed to taste like cherry? No, it's just got notes of cherry in it. It's it's like kind of a fruity undertone, but it's a stronger, darker beer because I like dark beers. Okay. Um, I'm not a huge IPA person. I'm much happier with like a stout or a porter or um, an ale. I will make exceptions for like a saison or a wheat ale or a half of Eisen. Did I send you that meme about how to enjoy an IPA? No, but I feel like I need to see that. It shows somebody pouring it down the sink. Oh, that's fabulous. Yes, that's incredibly on point. But anyways, they did a Valentine's Day one of this beer with like cocoa nibs that were sustainably sourced and it was very like farm to table, but your beer. And it's a very small brewery, so I could completely get why they want to be up that hipster pretentious factor. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, ding, our episode on pretentious foods. Check it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was nasty. I was not a fan at all. And I have yet to find a bad beer from them. And this is the first time that I did not finish that four pack, which is oh. really just depressing because quite frankly, it's got a pretty high price tag. It takes a lot of work to get a four pack. So wait, were all of them the same flavor then? Yeah, I got a four pack of the um, chocolate because it was on sale and uh, realized why it was on sale. But they do make other flavored ones. Like, they make a sour cherry that's delightful if you like sour beers. Hmm. What about for Valentine's Day, a special porter that's infused with Red Hots? Like, if you poured Fireball into a porter? Possibly. <laughs> Just cinnamon spice that porter up for Valentine's Day. I mean, cinnamon is quite good, and porters are usually, like, thicker and richer, so that might actually work. I feel like you could probably test it, though, by tossing a fireball into a porter. Oh, do not. <laughs> you know what else goes great with fireball? No, no. So anyway. Peppermint schnapp. <laughs> oh, my God. Christmas in a glass. Oh. Yeah. On ice. Chill out. Oh, sorry. Your brother knows what's up. <sighs> Was this created by your brother? I think I created it. This is a Boxing Day, yeah. us sitting around. Oh, no. I created it, and he was the only one in the house that enjoyed it. But we both very much enjoyed it, so we had several. <laughs> Responsibly. Uh-huh. Well, there was no driving happening that day by anybody. No. That was an alcohol, leftovers, and a game kind of day. Nobody was going anywhere. Yeah. Those are the best days. Did you guys ever do the, like, very collegiate pour chocolate syrup and peppermint schnapps into your mouth, shake your head, and, and it tastes vaguely like a Thin Mint? I'm going to pretend you didn't say that so that you can keep your hipster credentials. Hey, we all made mistakes in college. Some of us had glasses. You know what? Some <laughs> of us couldn't afford glasses. <laughs> oh, BS! You couldn't. <laughs> Two of us had glasses. We okay. still do have glasses. I was going to.
I think the only shot glasses I had in college were plastic, but also this was done at a frat house and God forbid they get a shot glass dirty. This was not something I did on my own. I drank vodka straight out of a a coffee mug once at a frat house. (laughs) Was it chilled or hot? It was room temperature. Oh yeah, the the hot buttered vodka, the the frat classic. (laughs) They had beer and my friend and I were like, well, we don't drink beer. And uh-huh. they said, we have vodka. Went over to Delta Theta for the hot buttered vodka. <laughs> <laughs> you can also put vodka in the Christmas in the glass as well. That mellows it out a little bit. <laughs> but none of these things are beer and wine. No, no, they're not. I would say that I feel like flavors in wine and the little, like, weirder more out there are usually a little more successful i think in a beer it's very hit or miss yeah and i feel like for wines they try a little harder to make sure that it works together now it's interesting that you say that the chocolate beer though for you doesn't work because as somebody who's not a big beer drinker the two types of flavored beers that work for me are basically if it's a fruity one. Yeah. So like there's a peach one that I really like. No. I think it's Jubal. It does not taste like beer. That's not even a beer. It's like a beer product. It's delicious. <laughs> it's summery and refreshing. Mainly the ones that I tend to like are the chocolatey or cakey flavored. Yeah. Well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on every chocolate beer because I had a double chocolate milk stout. Uh, That's not what I heard. I definitely heard you hating them. I actually heard you say, I hate Uh all... It was right before we started recording. I heard it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Wait, so it's not on record? I see. I see. (laughs) But it's not all beers. Like, uh, Brooklyn makes a really good double chocolate. And I had... My goodness, I should remember where it's from, but I didn't look at the label much. But it was a double chocolate milk stout yesterday mm-hmm. in the middle of summer, to which my dad said, I think you're the only person who can drink stout in the summer, uh, which is slightly I understandable. Can. Thank you. Yeah, my dad does. But to be fair, you, you and I have very similar preferences when it comes to beer in general. We do. And I love a good milk stout, and the double chocolate was a perfect pairing, and it went deliciously with our... Um, he did a burger that was beef and pork last night, and that was amazing. Well, I mean, oatmeal stouts and milk stouts, they're already flavored. They just come that way. Yeah. Do you think if you added cream to an oatmeal stout, you could create the Little Debbie's oatmeal cream pies in a glass? Oh my gosh. With you and the oatmeal cream pies. That sounds like a slippery slope. (laughs) Sounds like a quick way to have everything curdle. So Jubal, or Jubel, I don't know how to pronounce it, um, which is the uh, the beer that um, Cold Brew Kombucha referenced the other. It is, it is technically craft lager cut with fruit. It is gluten-free and vegan. And their story is that they discovered this dangerously refreshing mixture on an alpine adventure in 2014. It is mm-hmm. dangerously refreshing. So they threw off their corporate shackles and, and now do this. And it's a beer. It's not just like a refreshing mixed thing in a glass, like almost like one of those gin and tonics in a glass, because so far I am not hearing anything about barley or hops. It's more like a gin and tonic in a in a can that's flavored as opposed to a flavored gin and tonic, real gin and tonic. Wait, mm-hmm. no, it's a beer. It's not really a beer. 
Not really. <laughs> does it does it use hops? I'm not sure. I can't find the ingredients. They don't say, which is never a good sign. Yeah, that's really not a good sign. But Johnny Cornwall says it's his new favorite beer. Very easy to drink. Oh, that's Johnny from Cornwall. <laughs> 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 I thought it was Johnny Cornwall. <laughs> World-renowned beer reviewer. Yeah, I- I'm just going to go with if they won't even put the ingredients on there to tell you that it has hops, I- I'm not checking that off as they brew it with malted barley to get the malt lager character okay also with an enzyme to break down gluten proteins yeah so it's a beer yeah barely snobs yeah yeah (laughs) they use a plant-based alternative than the isinglass or whatever the one that catches vegans out right and there's the animal product in the yeah Yeah, because it's a fish fish. yeah yeah. right can i i don't like go ahead it's really off topic, so maybe, yeah, no. Everything we do is off topic. It's true, it's true. So why does every? I feel like most people, when they're pescatarians, just say they're vegetarians. Why don't, why isn't the word pescatarian normalized? I actually did see in a conversation today, somebody say pescatarian, but I think it's because so many people don't actually know what it is. Hmm. So I was trying to, yeah, I do find it weird when people are like, well, I'm vegetarian, but I eat fish. Like, so you're pescatarian. Pescatarian. Yeah. It shouldn't drive me as nuts as it does, but it kind of does. Yeah. You have a thing. Use the proper nomenclature. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. On that very off topic, Heritage Avocado <laughs> Toast, you were saying. <laughs> I don't like fruit beers, but when I say that, I mean like the ones that tend to be cherry flavored. There's some strawberry ones that are really like, sweet and harsh. Mm. And then you get into like the sour beers that I don't really, the sours, the whole genre of sours I don't like. I think but you mispronounced I, delicious. <laughs> you have no beer taste though. So. <laughs> I do like a banana bread beer. Oh, yeah. The banana bread flavor goes very nicely with the with the beer. It's one by Eagle that's very nice. Do they make a zucchini? A zucchini bread beer. Hmm? Do they make a zucchini or courgette for our British listeners? I don't know. Your beer is not a hipster enough bread. Too basic. <laughs> Too mainstream. Right. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Your beer is so midtown. <laughs> see, I like the fruit beers. So if it's a summer and I'm going to drink a beer which is not usually where I'm going, it will be like a wheat beer or a shandy mm-hmm. or a fruit beer. Are we counting shandy as a real beer? Well, I mean, it's a beer soda mix. Heritage avocado toast? I don't care for shandy. Are we counting it as a beer, though? It's half a beer. It's half a beer, yeah. <laughs> right, it's a beer. It's beer's cousin. Twice removed. But, uh, <laughs> do you remember, though, because I'm thinking about beers that we've drunk in the summer on the roof and... The marshmallow beer. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's too sweet. It's too sweet. I didn't really consider it a beer. It's a beer adjacent for me. However, that does not <laughs> discount the fact that I find it tasty. <laughs> and the also, peanut butter the, beer is really good. I was going to say the peanut oh. butter beer. Mm-hmm. The crunch. Yeah. I find that a lot of these beers are very good in recipes, though. Mm. Yeah, like poured over into a glass and consumed. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite recipe? Yeah. Shortest recipe book ever. Ingredients you will need. One glass. Any size or shape. Unless you (laughs) want to be pretentious. (laughs) Then you should get the right one. (laughs) You can use beer and cake. And I tend to find that like the peanut butter beer, pumpkin beer at Halloween, Mm -hmm. the salted caramel beers, those types of things. And actually that pumpkin maple... Oh, sorry, not pumpkin. Pancake maple beer. As much as it did not taste very good to me as a beer, it did taste very good in a chocolate cake. 
I see that. I, I have a question about glassware. <laughs> I'm really jumping around. I cannot stay on topic today. Also, we seem to not be able to make it through a single episode without talking about glassware. I think we have a glassware problem. I think we do. Oops. We need to let the topic breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so, on the topic of glassware, obviously a beer glass is a, a like a pint glass is a pint glass. Uh-huh. But you know how like the stronger beers <laughs> That's a sorry, that's a good album too. A pint glass is a pint glass. <laughs> it's like a metaphor for life. <laughs> uh, honestly. <laughs> But you know how in bars when it's a stronger beer and they're trying to stiff you so you don't have to, they'll like make it the price of a regular beer, but pour you less. I don't think they're trying to stiff you. I think they're trying to get you to not fall over while still in their bar. No, no, no. It's definitely, definitely trying to make sure that I, so I think am not you just consumed. exposed your traditional bar habits. If you, get, <laughs> if you get to the stiffing stage of the evening, you've probably overstayed your welcome. <laughs> but yes, the ones that if they're like above a 10%, they tend to sell it in a smaller size. Yes, which I completely understand. Like, live your best life. Like, far be it for me to tell you how to serve your, you know patrons that's the word i was looking for got it there um (laughs) but does the glassware make a difference for a stronger beer or is it fine to serve in a beer glass like how fussy are we being about this and does it have a point that it's in like a goblet shape i don't i've never really understood because i get the whole taking it out of the bottle taking it out of the can you know so that it aerates Mm-hmm. But I don't know how big a difference the actual glass makes. Right. Because, yeah, you're right. If you're going to get, like, the fancy ones, they put it in the sort of fancier beer glasses versus, like, you know, the pint that they shove at you and it sloshes over and everything gets sticky. Yeah. I think if it's a beer that is heavily aromatic, it's better to have it in a specialized glass that's going to allow that to um, shine through. But just putting it in a generic pint glass where it's basically taller than a mug, straight sides, maybe it's got a little bulbous lip near the top. It's not really going to do anything for it. Yeah. But the squatter you get, the wider you get, and then the ones that start bulbous come in at the neck and then come back out, they're going to get you, you know, it's going to showcase the beer a lot more. But most of the stuff you're going to find on tap, most lagers, most things they pull from a cask, is fine in a straight pint glass. Because, to be honest, you're not there for the smell, you're there for the taste. As opposed to a beer that's meant to be both, which is usually more expensive. Yeah, and it's true. I decided to research department this because I trust what you're saying, but I wanted to back it up. And I just... Oh, I'm just shooting from the hip here. I'm not an expert. I'm just opinionated. Yeah, I was going to say. All right. Well, the research department is looking into it, or I guess the interim research department's looking into it. However, the beginning of this article says you're at your local craft beer bar and you look up at the draft options for the day, obviously written in chalk. (laughs) (laughs) This is my kind of article. (laughs) Or uh, like the Earl of Essex, which has that it's almost a, uh, it's like a train board. Yeah, it's like arrival times for your different (laughs) beers. That's fabulous. Yeah. I thought you were just giggling at my overuse of the word bulbous. That did make me laugh too. I I can't deny it. (laughs) And now another portion of this so we were we were saying that the topic today is is beers and wines that are flavored. But another question that we had posed ourselves in the bathroom this morning in the brief discussion <laughs> that we had had prior to starting was at what point 
does all of this get outrageous? So one beer that I tried and I actually really liked, but it was very, very sweet, very syrupy, not a lot of beer, but it was maple coconut chocolate imperial granola stout. So it's the, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to by pressure drop. And I really like this beer. It is a 10%, but at what point is it too many? Cause you do get the maple, you do get the coconut, you do get the chocolate. At what point is that just, is it becoming sort of of too much. I think that's probably a good transition point for that subject. It's not really beer anymore, but it's still a beer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the essence of beer. It's good to experiment and try new things, but I do think eventually you've just put so many non-beer flavored things into it that it's still a beer. It's just not really in the spirit of a beer anymore. But why isn't that the spirit of a beer? Because, I mean, to me, that's still a beer. I mean, I think it comes down to they're not always winners. So before you put it out on the market, make sure that you're being careful of whether or not people are going to actually enjoy it and purchase it. Because, you know, like I, Golden Monkey, I don't know if you guys have had that. Victory is a brewery and I want to say Pennsylvania, but I could be wrong. I do know Victory, yeah. So Victory makes a very strong brew called Golden Monkey and they have done 8 million iterations of it. Whereas I think the original is just better. Mm -hmm. It's really strong. The reason it's called Golden Monkey is that it's very, very strong and the way they brew it makes it sort of taste like bananas. But knowing that it tastes like bananas because of the brewing process, if you toss other things in there, it doesn't make a delicious fruit salad all the time. (laughs) I think that that's going to get us like (laughs) parental warning. Well, uh, the research department looking at the glassware will probably also get us in trouble with um, explicit warnings because it has... (laughs) Did you find one that looks like a... No. Wow. um, But certain glassware... We're just going to go for it. We're here. It's happening. Um, I do not want to have to mark this as explicit, guys. I date this every single podcast. Sorry. (laughs) You edit it beautifully. Yeah, you do. And if you have to record scratch this, so be it or cut it. It it is what it is. However, the glassware depends on the beer, which is why, and I'd forgotten about this, certain beers send their specific glassware to bars because it holds the beer better and does better things for the aromatics. But it also is free advertising, basically. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm trying to say this in a way that it's just going to sound bad. Just do it. The bulbous shape of the glassware that like tulip shape Mm -hmm. is good for ipas because it holds the head better (laughs) there's no way around it (laughs) i had forgotten completely about the point of holding head for a beer or not and why that's important to the taste palate. I think about it every seven seconds if science is to be believed. Well, you don't want you don't want too much head, but you don't <laughs> want not enough head either. You really you, you really gotta make sure you're hitting the sweet spot. <laughs> oh no. Oh, our first explicit episode. <laughs> it's about beer. We're talking mm-hmm. about beer. Mm-hmm. Our listeners understand. They know. They know. 
Back to the original question. I think if you can no longer pick up the beer flavors and notes, it's not a beer. Mm -hmm. It's a beer, but it's not in the spirit of a beer. No. The same way, and we'll probably get to this later, I believe that chocolate martinis and espresso martinis are martinis, but it's not a martini. You see the difference? Well, we've had that discussion before, and I'm sure it'll come up again when we get to, I think we have a vodka and gin episode planned at some point. but During our uh, ding... Bar Essentials. Yes. In Bar Essentials, we did discuss it. And actually, my mother did not message me because I think she she felt that we had appropriately expressed her view. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Glad we covered it. So uh, it's it's in the category. It's in the ballpark. It's just it's no longer mm-hmm. not what you're going to drink a beer for. You're drinking something else at that point. Yeah, yeah I do see what you're saying. Because I would say that when it comes to a lot of the flavored wines, actually, my mother calls them toy wines. Because they're not like a real wine. They're, uh, you know, you've added extra fruit to it or whatever. For me, that's not really the same as if you're getting um, like a wine that's not made from grapes. It's made from something else. In which case, is it really actually wine? But I say I think that's a completely different area. It's wine product. Well, if you're doing like a blueberry wine or an elderflower or something like that. But uh, that's more of a fermented. But you're making it in the same way that you would a grape wine. Non-gender specific plaid has made carrot wine. That sounds extremely intriguing. I would either be really tasty or really not. And I can't decide how that would would feel about that but (laughs) isn't mead made in much the same mead is yes it's sort of honey well sort of it is honey yeah but it's made in the same process so why don't other like fruits and or floral arrangements get their own name like mead has i don't know to look into that but then you do have the group of wines that are wines mm-hmm. that they then added flavors to so you get the fruit ones which are more wine yeah wine adjacent and then chocolate wines which i have had both good and bad chocolate wines so i've had ones that are basically sort of just chocolate syrup thrown into wine and then i've actually had like some pretty decent wines with like a hint of dark chocolate in them yeah but i'm not serving i guess i would consider those more of like a dessert wine than i would a a wine wine yeah and it's one of those things that you really have to have a delicate touch with you can easily ruin something by being really heavy-handed yeah yeah i guess at the end of the day i don't know about wine if it's an additive, I think it becomes a like product for me. Whereas certain things for beer become part of the brewing process, not just an added thing into it. Like for stouts, if you go heavy in the oats and how long that that is brewed, you, you get more of that oaty oatmeal flavor, which is where you get your oatmeal stouts. So I don't know. I think for me, not that they're always upfront about where it lands unless you're really, really reading the label, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion, probably should be labeled differently. Cody McOatmeal Stout? I'm just reading about um chocolate wine. Chocolate wines are nice. And not all wine needs to be something that's a dinner. I mean, dessert wines have their place. What they're saying is like a good chocolate wine. This is a wine magazine that I can't pronounce. but Must be trustworthy. They're saying that a good chocolate wine mm-hmm. is usually a dry wine with a bit of sugar and bitter sweet chocolate. And apparently, the original recipe for chocolate wine was published in the 1700s. That actually called for sherry or port with an unsweetened baker's chocolate hmm. and then a tiny bit of sugar. But it, it's apparently it's a, a thing that's been around for a while. So it's just one of those, like, if it's done properly. 
That's the thing. As much as our hipster stuff like to say, you know, this is new and improved and exciting, most stuff has been around before. Not many people are really inventing the wheel. Like when we were discussing the fact that, was it almond milk has been around for a very long time? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they were making that in the Middle Ages. Well, if you're going to be properly hipster about it, uh, I believe what you want to say is then it's vintage or retro. Mm -hmm. Or heritage. Oh, heritage. Oh, heritage almond milk. The thing of being hipster (laughs) is that you don't want to do the mainstream. You want to either bring back something old or create something new. Preferably create something new, but antique it to look old. Mm, Work on that brass. I mean, let's not get preoccupied with whether we can. Maybe we should worry about whether we should. That's very... (sighs) So should we be making all of these flavored beers? My vote is yes. I'm here for more flavors. It's not like it's a dinosaur that we're going to bring back and it's going to take over the world. This isn't Jurassic Park. (laughs) Oh, I've already started making the pen. (laughs) I was was just picturing, like, basically being in a park and all these giant cans of beer just crashing about this (laughs) jungly atmosphere and bursting through the trees at people. (laughs) Oh my god, it's the German chocolate stout! Well, if Heritage Avocado Toast has already started the pens, I mean, I feel like this is just a logical next step. <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you fight them with? Like pint glasses? Because their fear must be getting consumed. Yeah. Yeah. Open them, grab a straw. Preferably a reusable straw. Wouldn't shooting them work as well? I mean, this sounds really bad, so you, but like if you're you drilling a hole in it. Picturing like when you puncture the hole and suck it out of the side like some sort of frat bro. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have to create a giant wine opener. <laughs> the mental image that is going with this is fantastic. It'll be like Attack on Titan. We just have whole squadrons of humans that fly through the air on strings and attach themselves to the aluminum can, and then they all cut a hole and just start sucking. So are, are some of these things coming in bottle form? Do you need a giant bottle opener as well? Oh. Yeah, that's what you have the saber gun for. You're shooting it, tossing your whole weight to try and get the top off. So which of these would be the more predated? Like, what what of the flavored beers or wines is the Velociraptor? I think Arbor Mist. I think the Velociraptor is a espresso martini. No, I think it's Arbor Mist. (laughs) Always travels in packs. (laughs) I've only seen Arbor Mist in single bottles. More dangerous than you think it is. You're like, oh, it's a lower alcohol percentage. Mm. It can't be that bad. They're Trulies. Comes in a case. Multiple bottles later, you have the worst sugar hangover you've ever had. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Strawberry Hill. Oh. Oh, oh no. <laughs> My face is horrified right now. Uh. <laughs> Just your face. The rest of you is intrigued. The rest of you is like, yes. <laughs> your face says no, but your taste buds say yes. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Get over here, Strawberry Hill. Is that the uh, tagline for the park? (laughs) No, but you're. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, dear! And then at the end, at the end, we could have like Schwarzenegger and Stallone, and they could like they could just hold two pint glasses together at the end of the movie, with standing over the defeated beer cans and bottles, and they could go. Wait, when did this move into Alien versus Predator? (laughs) Stallone's not in that. Jesse the Body Ventura is. No, he's just no, no, he's in just Predator. Yeah, I was gonna say actually neither neither of them are Alien versus Predator. Predator. 
Fine, when did this turn into Predator? When we weren't looking. Are we just combining every single action film into one weird beer-related action film? I feel like that would give you an overall feel of the different flavors in a beer world. <laughs> you can't go below 5% ABV. <laughs> speed. <Like> speed. <laughs> Without the like fun-flavored beers, though. I feel like beer just, and this is probably going to get me yelled at by you guys and by our listeners, but... All of the beer just tastes the same. Well, not everybody can have good taste. Yeah. (laughs) Some people are just hopeless. It's okay. Not everyone can be a super taster. (laughs) You need to have, you know, the Black Forest Stout or the Peanut Butter Crunch Porter, whatever. Your palate's just not refined enough to taste actual flavor. It's okay. Not everyone can be the best. This is why you like Captain Crunch and Count Chocula. You can't appreciate a nice, you know, simple multigrain Cheerios. It's just regret in an aluminum can. All right. Yep. And there's her real opinion. It's coming out, folks. Jeez Louise. I just don't understand how you can't taste the difference between an IPA and a Hefeweizen. And just... Well, I can. It's just that they both taste like regret. There's different types of regret. Like, everyone, everyone knows the different levels. I don't see this... Going anywhere but to unclean places. <laughs> I was thinking like buyer's remorse versus oops, I overslept versus I probably shouldn't have had that third bottle of Arbor Mist. I don't think I've ever regretted oversleep. <laughs> but you have regretted that third bottle of Arbor Mist. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> you probably regretted the first bottle in yeah. all honesty. Yeah. How are you getting through more than one of those sugar well that's what i mean they're low alcohol percentage and so you just don't really realize it's like drinking fruit juice basically Mm -hmm. and then you've you've got a you've got a sugar headache you buzzy the hummingbird for a little bit and then you just crash like sugar headaches are the worst when they really kick in they are nasty yeah I'd visit that theme park, though. Oh, heck yeah, I would. Do you think there's any beers that are, like, on side with the humans? Like like Red Stripe. I really can't see Red Stripe wanting to harm anybody. It's like a, a bronchiosaurus. Yeah, it's just like a nice, mellow kind well, of... But but it's, it's like, short and stout, so it must be something else. Um, what are those ones that are vegetarian but have, like, an armored shell and super short? Oh, it could also be a stegosaurus. Those aren't particularly tall. Are you talking about the one that's got the spiky tail and the plates on the top? Yeah. I know nothing about dinosaurs. I'll uh, research that. (laughs) So my brain has now moved to hipster dinosaurs. Okay. So now instead of picturing the park with a bunch of giant cans and bottles, I am picturing a bunch of dinosaurs wearing like beanies and darkroom glasses and like T-Rex with their little tiny arms and their like little lattes Mm -hmm. in their little tiny hands. In a nice plaid shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I think it's Ankylosaurus. now? Yes. Yes, that sounds right. Now, what of the beers would have feathers? Well, whatever's a raptor would have feathers. So, gotta put that into thoughts. I think the It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To should have very beautiful feathers. Mm, mm-hmm. I could see that. I was gonna... <laughs> Never mind. Please ignore me. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) I was going to drop the new hipster article that came out probably about a month ago about the fact that they just realized that dinosaurs' buttholes were extremely (laughs) colorful. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
like birds. They're, so like whatever the term is for <laughs> bird, dinosaurs also had the same thing. And in true nature fashion, it was super colorful to attract attention to it. <laughs> it certainly attracted your attention. <laughs> A, an article that ridiculous, of course. Plumage? What are we talking about? I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not Google searching this. No. <laughs> Ooh, watermelon and Tahiti lime flavored beer. I would try that. No, 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 no. Uh, you don't want beer, so don't drink beer. Drink something that's flavored like that that's not beer. Don't tell me what to do. It's like going to a baseball game and complaining there's no field goals. Well, yeah, why don't they kick some field goals to make baseball more fun? If you want field goals, go watch American football. If you want something that's similar to that, watch rugby. I don't know the term for it. I haven't watched enough rugby games in my life, and I feel like that's to my detriment. Rugby's okay. This is uh, Sports Facts by Heritage Avocado Toast. (laughs) There is a beer called Pump Up the Jam. It's apparently a jam donut pale ale. Ooh. My whiskey just decided to make its presence known. Hey. Was it sitting on the sidelines? It's been been with us this whole game. Um, Did it finally get called up to the majors? Maybe the... Well, I put some ice with it, and it's almost like I ran out of ice, which doesn't make any sense. Oh, no, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it's stronger at the bottom now. Uh, it caught me unawares. Well, that's the problem with ice and hard alcohol like that, is it just kind of sits on top, which my dad is kind of infamous for, because he likes to top everything off with a little bit of seltzer, uh, and so it doesn't always get stirred. So sometimes when you get to the bottom of your glass, you kind of get sucker punched in the face with some hard alcohol. <laughs> I would rather that than when like a bar purposely and they don't really do it here, but you get it more in the States where they'll put like a lot of soda and then just like float a little bit of alcohol at the top. So it smells like it has it. And then you're like, oh, this is basically soda. It's the worst. It's called cloacas, by the way. Back to dinosaur butts. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> it's a- <laughs> What the thing that they lay their eggs with. Uh, it's used for many functions, mating, pooping, and peeing. Oh, multi-purpose. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so interesting. But yes, they found a uh, well-preserved butthole <laughs> in the UK. Fantastic. I I just searched, are flavored beers real beers? Oh, what did the internet have to say? We haven't consulted the internet yet. Also, we should probably consult our listeners. We'll put up a poll. <laughs> Do we need to consult Johnny Corn? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine if that man like listened to our podcast down the line, just contacted us and was like, hey, I'm Johnny from Cornwall. And we were like, oh, well. Do we need to have a call-in section? <laughs> and now on the line, we've got Johnny from Cornwall. Welcome to the show, Johnny. But we don't have Johnny <laughs> yeah. from Cornwall, so one of us is going to have to pretend to be Johnny from Cornwall. And considering it's Johnny, it's probably going to be just, me. You've just ruined the illusion for the listeners. I'm happy. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I'm sorry for yeah. shattering. There goes that for bit. pulling back the curtain, the veil, the mist, the fog. Is it the fourth wall that you shatter? How many walls get shattered? Yeah. Yeah, fourth wall. Yeah. I mean, you could probably break a lot of walls. Just pull a full Kool-Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it rolling rock or natty ice? Because that, that, that'll determine how many walls it can break. Basically, <laughs> what I'm coming to is that a lot of the flavored beers, it really depends on the base of the 
of the flavored beer as to whether or not they're going to consider it a real beer. So if the base is beer flavored, it's still beer? Sounds good. Well, no. So it's basically if the base of the beer is pretentious enough, adding a flavor to it does not unpretentious the beer. So if you're taking like a Budweiser and you're shoving some cherry juice in it, meh. Cherry but buds. if you're taking a small brewed Belgian ale, then it then it's and fine. Putting cherry juice in it, then yes, it's fine. No, I don't know if I. I mean, I agree with whether or not it's pretentious, but I don't know if I agree with whether or not it's a beer. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm more likely to call the Bud Light still a beer, but not the the one that actually had care and love put into it. Where do you draw the line between like a chocolate stout or? whatever that really isn't doesn't have chocolate in it they just like it's dark and it's supposed to have chocolate notes versus something that legitimately tastes like chocolate i would well i my question is is the one that legitimately tastes like chocolate added a flavor like is a flavor that was added afterwards because that that's what kills it for me i am more inclined to call it a beer if they've managed to create that flavor by Mm -hmm. using regular beer ingredients than i am if they just added chocolate syrup on the end see what you're saying yeah, so if you're pouring your stout into a uh, a Hershey's chocolate-rimmed martini glass, it does not make it a new type of beer. No, not even a little bit. I don't even know if I'd consider it a beer then. It might be a martini, though. It's a beer product. Ooh. <laughs> Will it martini? Actually, thinking about it, Eggs Benedict, a single portion of Eggs Benedict probably would fit in many martini glasses. So you could serve a muffin with the ham and the hollandaise, the and the egg and the bacon, yeah, whatever, in a nice martini glass. Save some plates. I feel like you wouldn't be able to put both sides of the muffin. No, it would just be the one. Just Wait, why are serve. we putting a muffin in a martini glass? I think you can serve eggs benedict in a martini glass. One, one half of it. We have created a monster of Willet Benedict and <laughs> Willet Martini, and he's created a monstrosity. Uh, the Benedict Martini? I think we've exhausted this topic. It's finished the marathon. All right. Let's put a cap on it. <laughs> I think that was a rather refreshing dialogue. <laughs> and... <sighs> <laughs> And we'll definitely be asking your opinion, listeners, uh, on Instagram. So head over and follow us at Hipster at Home and let us know. Also, at Hipster at Home on Twitter, we'll be sharing some stuff there because we definitely want to get your opinion on this very controversial topic. Yes. Feel free to tweet at us. I do, in fact, yes, work on <laughs> yeah. that. So... It's not just an empty void. We do answer comments. Yeah. It gives us something else to do (laughs) rather than work. (laughs) You got to have your distractions in life, you know? Thank you for joining us for today. Please give us a follow. If you like what you hear, feel free to give us a good rating and head over to the blog, hipsteratthome.co.uk for more content. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye now. Bye. You are an extremely valued (laughs) member of the team. We wouldn't create a drinking dinosaur park without you. So we're not telling them about the one we've already created, right? I don't know if I want to be at a drinking dinosaur park. Sounds pretty scary.